Thunderbolt Patterson in your own mind, you may very well be the Muhammad Ali of wrestling. I know this is what you try and profess to the people, to me. I think you're even trying to convince yourself. But right here, Daddy, is the Muhammad Ali of it all. I am the cock of the walk. I am the man that can walk down any street, anywhere in the world, and say that I can beat any man in the world and have the guts to back it up. Right here it is, Thunderbolt, 10 pounds of pure gold. Come and get it. Come and take your beating because I want to show you and your people and everyone else that's going to witness who the daddy is. Right here, right here is symbolic of what it's all about. This is the world's heavyweight title. And when I say this, I mean it in all sincerity. The world's heavyweight title held by Harley Race. Not once, but twice. Over half of my life devoted to what I do better than any other human being in wrestling. I am not going to allow any human being to insult me or this. And when I say that, I mean it in dead sincerity. When I walk in that ring, I'm walking in there as world's heavyweight champion. I'm walking in there to defend what I hold probably more close than any other man has ever held. This is my life. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the World Club Wrestling Podcast. It's a sad day in the world of professional wrestling. The wrestling world lost a great wrestler, a great performer. Harley Race passed away today at the age of 76. Fans and colleagues and the wrestling world is mourning this death. I was not, I didn't see Harley Race in his peak when I started watching wrestling because he was, you know, not really active when I started wrestling, when I started watching wrestling, but as a fan of this business, I do go back and watch old wrestling clips and documentaries and things like that. And since I'm a huge Ric Flair fan, Flair always vouched on Harley Race. He always talked about him. He always praised him. So I watched a couple of his stuff, things in the past, and he if it wasn't for Harley Race, there would be no Ric Flair. Just like how people say if there was not no Ric Flair, there would be no Shawn Michaels, there would be no Triple H, there would be no Rock. If there wasn't no Hulk Hogan, there would be no Rock. There would be no John Cena. You know, and now it's if there was no Shawn Michaels, 
there would be no AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins and, you know, all these different people. So with that being said, you know, it, it's it's a sad day in the wrestling world, not how I expected to come on here today to do this month in review. That's why, you know, I started the podcast with the towing of the traditional towing of the bell 10 times, followed by the one of the many great promos that Harley Race cut. Okay. Now, I'm a person that believes that there's a select few people that cut great promos. Flair's one of them, Dusty Rose is one of them, The Rock, Cena, Harley Race. You know, those are the ones that I think are probably the some of the best to do it. But that's why I started it off like that. I wanted to start off with paying tribute to Harley Race and paying tribute to him with the towing of the bell, which is a combat sport tradition. Boxers, the boxing world does it. UFC does it. And professional wrestling does it as well. So I felt it was only right. He knows if this is the wrestling podcast that I told the bell 10 times. So rest in peace, rest in paradise to the late, great Harley Race passed away today august 1st at the age of 76 not how i expected to start the podcast but it happened you know so let's let's get into it you know let's let's speak on the world of professional wrestling that happened in the month of july a lot of things to get into we had the first i'll say the the first solid month of Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman producing, directing, however you want to say it, running Raw and SmackDown. You already know Heyman has Raw, Bischoff has SmackDown. We're going to talk a little bit about Extreme Rules because I didn't give you a recap show on that. So I will talk about my favorite matches, what I gave it overall. Then we're going to get a little bit into the Evolve event that happened the Saturday before Extreme Rules. Talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to get into my highs and lows of professional wrestling. Um, I didn't really watch, I haven't really paid that much attention to what's going on in New Japan. I've been getting the New Japan alerts from Facebook telling me that this is what's going on. I do know that they have their, I believe it's the G1 Classic going on. I knew that Moxley was involved in there and he was, you know, pretty much doing his thing. So I haven't really paid that much attention to it because I'm so tied up in so many different things. But I will get more into it, get more involved, watch that a little bit more. Um, We are going to talk about a little bit of AEW, StarCast, those two events, a certain individual coming back at StarCast, which then is leading all these rumors and speculation to if he's going to appear at All Out. We'll have to wait and see. We're going to speak a little bit, not a little bit, but we're going to speak about SummerSlam because SummerSlam is literally next weekend. I was completely thrown off when I was getting my stuff ready for the show and I pulled it up and I said, wait a minute, like SummerSlam is next week. 
So I'm going to talk a little bit about that because I don't think that they built, uh, they, they, they put enough hype for SummerSlam. It's the biggest show of the summer and it doesn't even feel like they put enough hype behind it. You know, I, I don't think like, I don't know if it's because I don't think they put enough hype into it or if I think that it's too early because normally SummerSlam falls like in the middle of the, in the middle of August not like the second week in August. You know, I thought it was going to be like the third week, the third Sunday, you know. But, we'll, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. We have some, we have so much going on with that card that I'm going to speak on. And then I'm just going to give you the highs and lows that I want to talk about in the world of wrestling. Okay, let's get right into it. Let's get into the... The meats and potatoes of Raw and SmackDown, WWE, Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. <laughs> well, my thoughts and opinions on Paul Heyman running Raw and Bischoff running SmackDown. I'm enjoying Raw a little bit more. SmackDown, not so much. And you can tell that Paul Heyman's hands are on the programming, the producing behind Raw. Now, I say that because it broke out like late June. And then the next, I think it was that Monday, because Friday, it was the week prior, it was the week before Extreme Rules, they made the announcement. And then the Go Home show happened. And then we seen kind of Paul Heyman's handprints on this show because we seen Braun Strowman put Bobby Lashley through the LED wall and Corey Graves infamously yelled out, holy shit. And it wasn't edited out. You heard him say, holy shit. Then we had this past Monday, this past Monday, Mike Kanellis wins the 24-7 title. And as he's running into his locker room, Maria Kanellis is there and she's banging on the door and she's telling him to open the door. And he's like, I don't know if this is my really my wife. This might be Carmella trying to imitate my wife. And how do I know that this is not my how do I know that this is my wife? And Maria Kanellis said, if you don't open this door, I'm going to kick you in the vagina. That's Paul Heyman. That has Paul Heyman written all over it. And then now we have a new 24-7 champion who's pregnant. <laughs> Maria Kanellis is the first pregnant WWE champion. Um, and she's the 24-7 champion. I can see that has a lot of Paul Heyman in there. It's kind of like something that Paul Heyman would think of doing. So it's it's just it's very interesting to see how that's going to play out. Now on the SmackDown side, I, I, there's a lot of different things that are going out there now. We're hearing, I'm hearing reports, I'm reading reports from various different sources that are saying that Bischoff is not hands on with the creative. He's, you know. The script that was for Tuesday's SmackDown 
was ripped up by Vince McMahon and Vince wrote the whole script for SmackDown because early on Tuesday, we were told that it was going to be the New Day versus the OC, the original club, which I'm going to get into that stable a little bit later on. But that was scrapped. And then it just became Kofi versus AJ champion versus champion in a non-title match, which was a it was a good match. But I can see that they're trying to, I guess, slowly build this into something. Don't know. Just because um, Randy Orton is facing Kofi Kingston at SummerSlam and AJ Styles is taking on Ricochet. Now, I know Ricochet is sidelined right now I know he had some type of elbow injury um, on the Raw reunion because he was supposed to face AJ and it was supposed to be DX with Ricochet you know and that that whole thing and then obviously you watched Raw reunion you know Seth Rollins was in place of Ricochet so I, I just Smackdown says it doesn't seem like it's like it's hitting anymore and normally Smackdown would be the better show but now it just feels as if Raw has kind of taken that realm it's they're both not as good as we want them to be but they're 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 on the cusp of getting better Raw is definitely, you know, the one thing I say, and I've said this ever since the news broke out of Paul Heyman being in control, I said, I won't be surprised if we see more of Brock Lesnar. And since Brock Lesnar cashed money in the bank, I mean, since Brock Lesnar won money in the bank, we actually seen him, I think it was what, for three consecutive weeks. That was, that was a record. And we're seeing more of Brock than we ever did prior to the big pay-per-views. So, so all I can say is, you know, I'm just thinking that this might actually happen. I think that we actually might see more of Brock involved in this like not in the story, but him being more involved. You know, SummerSlam, like I said, SummerSlam is not this Sunday, but the Sunday after. You know, it's ten days away. Literally, today's August first. It's ten days away. So we are going to have the go home show. Obviously, we're going to see Brock Lesnar there. Um, it, it on Monday. If you've seen Raw, we did see Seth Rollins get destroyed by Brock Lesnar. That's another thing you could tell Heyman had his hands on that because normally it's just like a quick little suplex, suplex, maybe an F5. Nah, this was suplex, suplex, F5. No, it was a suplex, suplex, rag drag, like dragged him around like a rag doll up against the barricades and everything F5'd him on the pole the ring pole 
takes him in the ring, gets still chair, beats him with the chair, <laughs> F5s him on the chair while the chair is like in the, in, in the sitting position. So like Seth's abdomen area hit the top of the chair. Very brutal. I guarantee y'all have seen it. Then Seth gets destroyed backstage on the gurney. That's Paul Heyman. You know, that that definitely has Paul Heyman's hands written all over it. So I'm I'm just very interested to see what more is in store for Paul Heyman running the show now. We also had speaking of I did speak on the Raw reunion. We did have the Raw reunion that was not this past Monday, but the Monday before. Was very, you know, I liked it. I enjoyed it. A lot of my, like my brother and a few other people that I know was not the biggest fans of it. Um, I know that one of the main things that people were, was kind of upset about is we didn't like Taker wasn't there you know certain other superstars Bret Hart wasn't there and all these other superstars but there's one person in particular that the people wanted to see and that is if you smell what the rock is cooking You know, people wanted to see The Rock. They wanted to see The Rock at the Raw reunion. Um, Obviously, he's not going to be there because of the promoting of Hobbs and Shaw. Even though it would have been nice to see Rock there with Roman and they do something for Hobbs and Shaw. But we all know that wasn't going to happen. Um... I do know that they're trying their best. They're they're trying their hardest to get him to appear on SmackDown for SmackDown's first show on Fox. I know that's a big thing that they're trying to work on. But I know they said that Rock's not committing to this because he doesn't know how his schedule is going to be. I mean, the man is the number one actor action star in the world right now you know he just got with Hobbs and Shaw you know he's gonna have probably I believe Jumanji 2 is still in production or finished up I think it might have fin- it finished up so I know he's gonna start going on that press release for Jumanji 2 it's gonna be you know it I would love to see The Rock on SmackDown especially because he wasn't on SmackDown 1000 it's been a very long time since he's been on SmackDown I think the last time he was on SmackDown was when he was feuding with CM Punk so it will be great to see The Rock back at his home it's his show you know, they named it after a slow after a catchphrase that he's that he's infamously said. Lay it the smack down on your candy ass. You know, so it's it's very it'll be very interesting to see Rock there. You know, so 
that's just my personal opinion. I would love to see The Rock there. But as we go forth, go back to the Raw reunion, um, Stone Cold was there, Hogan was there, Ric Flair was there. Um, the, the biggest people that I was surprised to see was I was definitely surprised to see RVD. That was, that was, we haven't seen RVD in God knows how long. So I was very surprised to see RVD and Melina. You know, Melina, she did show interest that she wanted to really be a part of the Evolution pay-per-view, the all-women's pay-per-view. But for whatever the case may be, the WWE didn't invite her in. She hasn't been at none of the Women's Royal Rumbles, which I think everybody was thinking that she was going to be a part of. So it was very interesting to see that she was there and to see her in good spirits with all the females. And I know Naomi, for one, was very, has been very vocal on her Twitter about having one dream match. And that's what Melina. So to see her actually go forward and be with her and they didn't like tease a match or anything. It was just them, you know, backstage sharing that moment and she was all happy. Naomi was giddy about it and all this. So it was it was good to see them too. It was good to see RVD and Melina. Um seeing like uh Kelly Kelly and Candace Michelle and Alondra Blaze, uh Briscoe and Patterson, they you knew with the twenty four seven title, Briscoe and Patterson was going to be a part of it because they were infamous, they were infamously involved with the hardcore title. If you remember back in the Attitude Era, so seeing that, see Ted DiBiase, um, and then just having Stone Cold come out at the end of the show to do the to, to do the toast and to speak on the fans and how they're all family, and then he brought up the you know how he had went to the bar with you know. Hogan, they had sushi, and he just went on his whole, you know, his whole Stone Cold. I had a one bear, what, two bears, what, three bears. You know, he did that whole thing and was talking to about Godfather and all the. It was just, it was good to see that. See, I love, I would love to be at those shows when you see those people because it really makes you as a wrestling fan just reminisce and think back to like those days those moments even though it's like they are thinking about it and they're backstage talking about it you seeing them all on the stage makes you think about those days when you were a kid watching it when i was like five six seven eight till now watching it and just feeling and having that that enjoyment, that fun behind it. So very excited about that. I was very happy for that. Um, so going forward, Extreme Rules was over the during the month of July. And my take on Extreme Rules, I actually liked it. I actually liked it. I gave it out of 10. I gave it about an 8. I gave it about an 8. The reason I gave it that is because 
Okay, I'm, I'm seven and a half. Seven and a half. I say that because you had a total of, I think, seven, between seven and ten matches. Three of them were air quotes, and I'm using air quotes, extreme rule matches. You know, if if you didn't have the title extreme rules, this would have been like a great show. But because it had that title and the theme of it is the one time of the year that the WWE goes extreme and you really didn't go like the only big thing that happened during extreme rules was Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, which I really was like, okay, this is going to be like the piss break. I actually took a shower during this, but I just had the, I had it playing on my laptop and I had my speaker in my bathroom so I can hear what's going on. But as I'm hearing it, I'm like, yo, this sounds like it's pretty, pretty solid. And then when I rewatched it, I'm like, this is a, like, as a solid match, you know, it wasn't the, it wasn't my top. It wasn't like on my list of like the top matches, but it, it held up. It held up. Um, I loved how they did the, the, the beginning match, the opening match, obviously Roman taker versus Shane and drew i loved that match it wasn't my favorite my favorite match was alistair black versus cesaro that was the match i'm putting that on like the candidacy of match of the year okay just solid them two stiff like stiff wrestlers hard hitting great match Great match, like I said, match of the night. AJ Styles, Ricochet, that's that's next up. Undertaker, Roman versus Drew and Shane. That's that's my next match. Um Kofi versus Joe. That was following that one. Um and then I had I had the six I had the six uh six man the Smackdown title tag team match I had that Lexa that match was uh, you know like I said overall if the match if the if the show wasn't called Extreme Rules this would have been a great show it would have been um, I was very upset that Finn lost the Intercontinental title I was more upset at the fact that it was a it was a kickoff match but Finn's exit for time off after SummerSlam you know congratulations does need to go out to Finn because he is engaged um, it was he's engaged to a soccer reporter like a news anchor for the soccer I forgot her name there's a video clip of them two together Finn was kind of drunk <laughs> but you know I don't know if that's why he's asking for time off so he could just be with her and probably prep for the wedding and probably get married um, so I feel like his match against Bray at SummerSlam is going to be like the write off for him 
Um, but I'm going to get into that later as far as the Summer Sam card goes. Uh, so we, we have a new Intercontinental Champion in Nakamura, but whatever. I did want to speak on, because I wrote this when I was watching Extreme Rules. Uh, I noticed that during the Undertaker and Shane match, Undertaker versus... Undertaker and Roman versus Shane and Drew, that Michael Cole was really pushing the fact that we should like embrace these moments of Undertaker because we don't know how many more matches he has in the tank. So it had me really sit back and think to myself like is this the beginning of the end the official end of Undertaker? You know, it's for me, I've been saying that I feel like Undertaker should have retired. I feel though as if he should have retired after WrestleMania when he fought Roman. That was the perfect send-off for Undertaker. Literally, it was the perfect send-off for him. Why do I say that? Because if y'all remember... He took the gloves off. He took the hat off. He took the coat off. He laid it in the floor. He laid it in the middle of the square circle. That was the ultimate farewell, the ultimate send off. That right there, perfect. But I don't know if Undertaker felt like he didn't. He didn't like how that match ended. He didn't like how that match played out. I think that's why. He came back for Extreme Rules because I don't think he liked how his match with Goldberg at Super Showdown ended up being a letdown. And a lot of people were very disappointed in that match. And even Undertaker was disappointed in that match. Goldberg as well. But I'm going to get into Goldberg a little bit later. So I think but him having this match with Undertaker, Undertaker having this match with Roman and versus Shane and Drew, I felt like that was great. It definitely told more and it really showed that Undertaker still had stuff in the tank. He just needs to be with the right people. Insert Drew McIntyre, because let me tell you something, seeing Undertaker kind of about to set up Shane for like a tombstone and he did the whole throat slash and you see Drew come up from behind and it's like getting him ready because he's about to Claiborne kick him just seeing that shot right there really had me wanting that match and I think that match is going to happen I thought it was going to be SummerSlam but that's not going to happen. So we might actually, that might be prolonged to summer, I mean, WrestleMania. Which is at the wait and see. Hopefully, we get that. And then hopefully, if that match does happen, we hear this. And not this. 
to saying, I'd rather hear the cheers and the this is awesome than booze. And that's the bullshit chant. <laughs> you know, that's just me. I'd rather hear those chants than that one. I'd rather hear the, the cheers, the this is awesome chants than the boos and the bullshit chants. Okay. So, <laughs> going forward, let's dive into a little bit of some AEW news. Ladies and gentlemen. So, AEW, they announced their TV debut. They've signed a deal with TNT. Very interesting because TNT knows their drama. And TNT was once where WCW was. So, it's it's very, very interesting to see that TN, I mean, TNA, AEW and TNT have joined forces to launch this wrestling fed um their first televised show is taking place on october 2nd very interested to see this i'm very excited for aew i am i'm very excited my only flaw that i have with aew is cody's obsession in my opinion with trying to compete with the WWE. He's always the WWE is somehow some way always in Cody's mouth or there's some pun a jab or something at WWE. Okay. Jim Ross said it, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, Jericho have said it. They're not in this to compete with the WWE. They know you can't. Cody should know this too. You cannot compete with the juggernaut that is the WWE. Although as wrestling fans, we may be angry with WWE. We may yell to the top of our lungs that that this is... And we might go to... But we still love it. <laughs> we still love it. We still have our subscriptions to the network. We still watch Raw. We still watch SmackDown. We still watch the pay-per-views. You know, my one of my close friends, I always talk about him on the podcast. His name is Jeff. He sits there. He doesn't have the network, but we still talk wrestling. He still talks to me. He still texts me about wrestling. We still talk about it. Like, even though we both have been very disappointed in the product we still are invested in this okay we still are i'm still here i'm still doing these podcasts even though i can sit here and be like you know what the hell with this i'm not doing it anymore but i'm still here because i've been a fan since i was five years old i can't help it i love i love it like i do I can sit there and just shake my head and just like, damn. Because you want to see better. 
you know Vince McMahon has made it crystal clear that they're not going back to the attitude era because there was reports saying that they were going back to the attitude era he said they're not they will never go back to the attitude era it will be edgy but they're still going to be PG it's just going to be edgy it's going to be a little bit edgy a little bit but it's not going to be the attitude era Okay, I think even if Triple H takes over, it's not going to be the Attitude Era. It's going to be a little bit edgy. I will even say it might be PG-13. Okay, (laughs) it's not going to be R. It'll be PG-13. Okay. We we, we have to just accept it. The day and age that we live in now, it's 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 just like this. Okay. So I I feel like AEW is Cody should not try to pick a war with Vince in this in this conglomerate that is the WWE. Okay? Just can't. Cuz you'll lose. Yeah, you may get some people, but you're losing the war. You may win a few battles, but the WWE will win the war. They're a billion dollar company. They're a publicly traded company as well. Which is why they can't really push that envelope anymore. I will say this though. I will say this. If AEW gets their hands on this particular person because he's going to be at StarCast it's on that is correct CM Punk is going to be at StarCast 3 in Chicago his hometown AEW has their all out event that same weekend where in Chicago if CM Punk showed up at AEW that's where I would say okay WWE I think even WWE will be like ah shit (laughs) I think they really would be like oh shit here oh god they wouldn't they wouldn't know what to do because all the fans want is CM Punk that's all they want and I think all the fans that chant for CM Punk in the crowds will draw their attention to AEW if CM Punk was to join them I would but I'm already going to be watching AEW so I'm already invested in AEW so I'm just I'm just waiting I'm just waiting so if CM Punk does show up at AEW's All Out so I got I, I 
ain't even gonna go Mamma Mia. I'm, I'm not even gonna go Mamma Mia. I'm going. And then I'll go. That's it. That's it. That's it. I ain't even throw a holy shit chin in there. I want to talk about is the hype over? Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Kofi Kingston. Are their hype trains over? Now, the month of July, Seth Rollins, <laughs> Seth Rollins went on a war of all wars with the fans. Defending the company. I don't have a problem with Seth Rollins defending his company. If you work for a business, you defend your company. You do. Um, Not everybody defends their company, but we know like Seth Rollins is like he's trying to be the man of the company I always and I think I want I believe I said this during one of one of my I think it was on the June episode I feel like Seth Rollins is in the same position as Shawn Michaels post Hall and Nash leaving to go to WCW I feel like Seth Rollins is in that position where he is trying to take the the bull by the horns and be the the man and he's great in the ring but the fans don't really like this Seth Rollins and you clearly seen that this past Monday when Brock Lesnar destroyed him and the crowd was chanting, this is awesome. And the crowd was somewhat chanting one more time. Because the fans, once you start going at the fans, the fans turn on you. Because see, now you've become, in their eyes, you've become corporate. And not the corporate that heel Seth Rollins was. No, no. You've become corporate as you are a Vince McMahon ass kisser, yes man. And that's something that most fans don't want to see. That's why John Cena, in the beginning of his run, the fans loved him. But then Cena became Vince's boy. 
and then the fans turned on him. But Cena didn't do what Seth did because Twitter really wasn't going as popular when Cena first came out. But now Seth has gone at like well offspring. Um he's gone at I wanna say Meltzer. I think it was Meltzer. It was one of the wrestling writers. But he went at them and he's been going at the fans. AJ Styles kind of did the same thing, but AJ Styles is, you know, AJ Styles is kind of like, I'll say he's the vet of the locker room because he's been with, he's been in the business for a long time, but he hasn't been in the WWE as long as Seth has, but he still has like a good claim in the wrestling world. So now we have Seth Rollins and and Becky Lynch. We know that these two are a couple. Um, I'm glad that they kind of separated them two as far as them being on air together because I really was getting annoyed with that. And I think they caught heat and they caught like the WWE realized that, okay, this is kind of getting a little worn out. So let's let's not push this envelope let's just keep it at let's keep it at a far let's just now keep it away so I'm kind of glad about that <sighs> Kofi <sighs> Kofi Kingston I've been very excited I was so excited when Kofi won the title. Very excited. Like when I tell you that Kofi deserved the deserved it. Kofi deserved it. Eleven years. He does have the he did have and he is championship material. But I think the Kofi experience is going to come to an end. At first when I seen that Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston was gonna fight. I was kind of taken back. I was like, uh, I really didn't want to see this. But there's a something that I want to address about how a certain podcast y'all need to listen to because this podcast reveals things that happen in the wrestling business. Like once they speak of it, it becomes it's it's brought into existence. I'll get into that a little bit later once I talk about um, Kevin Owens and Shane. But Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, WWE title. I've always been on the on the fence of it should be Ali taking this feud. I've always said it. I said it when him and Dolph was going at it. I said it when 
mainly with him and Dolph was going at it because Dolph had this whole notion of it should have been me. I've been saying since Kofi got on this Kofi mania and Kofi won the title, Kofi did not at one time give Ali a shot at the title. And I feel though as if he should. So to see Kofi not even acknowledge or not even say like, Ali, this is what I want to do for you. Kind of. It's kind of fishy. And then you started seeing Ali making these promos saying all this stuff. But I feel though as if if Ali, I mean, if Randy Orton does not beat him at SummerSlam, Ali has to be it'll be hard for me to say Ali has to be the one that's going to take the title but something has to give that's all I will say because Kofi's run it's not that it's not It's not that Kofi's title run is not legit, because it is. But I feel though as if his like his matches is so predictable. He gets the dog shit beat out of him. Okay. He gets the dog shit beat out of him. And then he turns around gets that gets that second win and literally trouble in paradise he wins easy money he's done that in all his matches so I think that at first I didn't want Randy Orton to do it like I said but then I seen how Randy was cutting his promos and Randy was saying all this stuff and I'm like you know what I wouldn't mind Randy as with the title right now. I wouldn't mind that. So let's just have to wait and see. Speaking of SummerSlam. Speaking of SummerSlam. SummerSlam is 10 days away. And so far, these are the matches that we have lined up for the great show of the summer. Which I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of sold on I'm sold on the card I just wish that they had more time to Put more into the stories For the cards So we have the universal title As we all know Brock Lesnar going up against Seth Rollins we have Becky Lynch going up against Natty for the Raw Women's title. We have, as I was just talking about, Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton for the WWE title. We have Bailey versus Ember Moon for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Now, I can't stand the character that is Shane McMahon. Um... I think that he is taking up a lot of the talent 
time. Um, I agree with what Kevin Owens said. I agree with a lot of people are saying in the wrestling community as far as Shane is just he's he's doing too much. You know, there was one point where there was reports saying that Shane McMahon was going to was going to win one of the heavyweight titles. Now, Shane McMahon is not an official owner or has no type of power technically in the WWE. He is listed as talent. But I still it still just don't want to see this man in any way, shape, or form with the title. I want to see Kevin Owens like get rid of him. Now, I brought up this Kevin Owens thing because on Lillian Garcia's podcast, Chasing for Glory, this podcast is very interesting. It's very interesting because on this podcast, Lillian talks about certain things and she gets them to talk and open up and do all this stuff. And when Kevin Owens was on the show, Kevin Owens had made reference to him wanting to be a heel. He wants to have a long stretch of him being a heel, uh, not heel. He wants to have a long stretch of him being a face. Long behold, that Tuesday, Kevin Owens cuts a face promo. He cuts the the new CM Punk pipe bomb. That's what I call it. It's the new pipe bomb that he did. And then he went and his Twitter name was because Shane goes by the best in the world. Kevin Owens is the worst in the world. And there's this new thing and a lot of people are are feeling like this is Stone Cold and Vince McMahon it's just Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens but Stone Cold went on record on saying that he doesn't believe that uh, Kevin Owens will be the next Stone Cold and I'm one to be very adamant in saying that there's never going to be another Stone Cold there's never going to be another Rock when I talk basketball there's never going to be another Jordan there's never going to be another Kobe Um, if we talk football there's never going to be another Tom Brady Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers Barry Sanders Emmitt Smith Deion Sanders Michael Irvin Jerry Rice T.O. never going to be any of the great players never going to be another one of those never so I just feel like with this podcast when you listen to it and then you just pay close attention to what happens within the coming weeks you start to see that those people start to get into they 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 really start to change things start to happen Kofi Kingston was on there Kofi Kingston said he wanted to have he wished that his rivalry with Randy Orton would have lasted longer and now look who he's fighting at SummerSlam Randy fucking Orton 
Just saying. We have Finn Balor going up against The Fiend. Bray Wyatt. That's right. My man Bray made his triumphant return. But he came as The Fiend. And it is remarkable. I love it. I love Bray as I love Bray with this character. I'm so glad that they did this. I'm even more glad that they don't have the demon coming out yet. I'm kind of glad that they didn't do that because we know when the demon comes out, he wins. And like I said, this is the this is the send off. This is the send off for Finn because he's gonna be gone for a while. So I think that Bray's gonna you know destroy Finn. Then we'll see what happens from there. We have the United States title, AJ versus Ricochet. We have Trish versus Charlotte Flair. This match is going to be interesting. I'm very interested to see how they're going to play this out. Charlotte, I guarantee you, is going to win this, though. I'm going to give more into my predictions later on next week with the prediction show for NXT and SummerSlam. So I'm going to get into that. And we have The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. That's what the card says right now. But there's been word. If you've been listening to a lot of Dolph's promos, Dolph keeps bringing up somebody keeps talking about a certain individual and I be sitting there and I was sitting there like the minute I started hearing it I'm like no please don't like I beg of you don't do this to yourself because we know who's coming This music is gonna hit. This man's gonna show up. And he's gonna redeem himself for that match that he had at Super Letdown. And Goldberg's gonna come out, and Goldberg is going to destroy Dolph Ziggler. It's, it's, it's been, the, that's the word going around. Is it's not really gonna be Miz versus Dolph. It's gonna be Goldberg versus him. Goldberg's gonna make his surprise and pop up there and do what he does. We'll see. Um, there's also word that Sami Zayn will be facing Aleister Black at SummerSlam because if you watch SmackDown on Tuesday, Sami Zayn did say that he's issuing Aleister Black a challenge. So I'm pretty much assuming that this is gonna be a SummerSlam match. Um I'm kind of interested to see what they're going to do with the tag team titles, what they're going to do with both brand tag team titles and what they're doing with Roman Reigns. Because on Tuesday, as SmackDown was going off air, Roman was supposed to make his announcement and somebody tried to kill Roman. Somebody tried to kill Roman. 
Now, originally, I thought, because I didn't know, like I said, I didn't realize that Smack, that SummerSlam was in 10 days. My original thought was, I thought they were going to try to insert Roman into the universal title match. Roman gets upset. You, like, fucked my best friend up. So now I'm going to fuck you up. And then it gets into a triple threat match. Or Roman just, I know, Seth's unable to compete. Roman comes out. Roman beats him. So on and so forth. But then I'm seeing all around the Twitter world and the wrestling community that is Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. This, if it's true, is very interesting. Especially because, like I said, they didn't really hype up SummerSlam that much. So I'm like, I'm nervous. Especially because this upcoming week is the go home show. So you have no hype behind most of these matches. Like Trish versus Charlotte, that should have been a built up match. You know, Brock versus Seth, it somewhat built up, but it's it's the same old it's the same old promos that we get it's the same old I'm going to slay the beast and this and the third and Paul Heyman comes out and cuts his old promos and his little stitch and you know only thing different is Brock beat the holy hell out of him um the Bailey versus Ember Moon matches but you know I'm, I'm not going to get all into it because like I said that's for next week that's for next week so my highs and lows for the month um like i said kevin owens turning face that was a big moment for me that i liked in the month of july i liked the debut of the fiend um i liked him attacking finn and then attacking uh what's that boy's name mick foley i loved him doing i loved him doing the mandible claw on mick foley that was also a good a good a good little move um as always, the twenty four seven championship that is like probably the 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 best thing going right now on the show. Um, right now, we have Maria Kanellis as as the twenty four seven champion. Our truth is a ten time twenty four seven champion. I think he might surpass Ric Flair. <laughs> um, as holding the title for the most not saying that he's going to surpass Ric Flair as heavyweight champion no but just saying with a title I think he's going to surpass it um NXT NXT takeover is taking place obviously the night before SummerSlam um we have Adam Cole versus Gargano in the two out of three falls we have the Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era which is Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish um, we have a triple threat match for the North American title with Velveteen versus Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunne. And then we have Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's title. I believe we might have another match included on this show, which would be the Forgotten Sons versus Brizongo. Um, I 
I feel like that might be added to this card as well. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about, like I said, I'm going to talk about all these come next week. Um, I'm just about to wrap this up right now. I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, Enjoy this go-home show for SummerSlam. I'll be tuning into it. Oh, sorry. Forgot to talk about a little about Evolve. So Evolve had their anniversary show. Absolutely loved it. I love seeing independent shows like that. Um, Love seeing Matt Riddle versus Drew Gulak. That was a incredible match um and then just seeing adam cole versus did he take on tozawa i want to say took on tozawa um that was a great match paul Heyman cut a little nice little promo about it i just i love that card um you've seen a lot of people from the indie scene that potentially could have the could end up being on the on the main card. Can end up not the main bar card, but can end up in NXT or possibly the WWE. Very good to see that. Um, but as always, this has been the Royal Club Wrestling Podcast. I want to thank y'all for listening, tuning in. I will be announcing the official Royal Club Instagram. And the Royal Club Twitter account, I'm in the process of getting those set up. And then you can follow me on there. I'll be very interactive in, on those. Mainly the Instagram, I'm going to be honest with you. So I might just make just an Instagram. I was thinking of a Twitter, but I'm thinking more so just Instagram because then I'll be more interactive. I'm more interactive on Instagram than I am on Twitter so there is a Facebook page that I did have up, but I kind of took it down because at the time it was very, I didn't have the time to build the page up. So I just, Instagram will be the, is going to be the source to get in contact with Royal Club. So once again, thank you all for listening, for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, please like subscribe follow on all the platforms that we are currently on which i will let you know right now where we where you can find us okay we are on anchor okay we are available on 10 platforms 10 of them so we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Podbean, and Radio Republic. Okay, so those are the five places that you, ten places. I said five. Those are the ten places that you can hear this podcast on. Okay, like I said, we are available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple. Apple Podcast, Breaker, Castbox, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pod, 
Pocket Cast, Podbean, Radio Republic, and Spotify once again. Like, subscribe, follow through the Anchor app. If you are listening on Anchor app, there is a way that you can communicate with me directly. You can leave me messages and I will respond back to you on Apple. You can rate me. You can leave comments. I am all open to any type of feedback that you want to give me, anything that you think I should improve on, anything that you like, you dislike. So let me know. I'm all open for it. I can take it. So like I said, I continue to say thank you all for listening and being with me during this journey. Cause like I said, I've been through, you know, y'all, y'all have seen, y'all have heard the stories. Y'all have heard everything. So I thank y'all for still tuning in. Those that are still listening. And for those that are new to the show to be, beware, I'm not dropping it every week. I drop it every month. You will get a month in review. And whenever the pay-per-view goes on, you'll get the, you'll probably get a preview or you'll probably get a preview and a recap. Once I get the Instagram account going, you will hear more from me. I will let y'all know through the Instagram account if I'm going to do a podcast, a preview and a recap show. I even will have polls that will ask y'all, do y'all want to hear a preview show from me? Do y'all want to hear the recap? Or do y'all just want to hear me discuss it at the month in review show? Let me know. Once again, Royal Club Wrestling Podcast. This is your truly the franchise. I will speak to y'all in a week. Take care. <laughs>